Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm, I've been bugging this guy for at least a year, at least a year, Max. <laughs> I don't know about get, that. Oh, come on, to get no, but like, but I'm so excited to get Max Maxwell on the podcast today. And uh, but before we jump in, start talking to Max, I just want to let you guys know a few little things here. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. If you're listening to this on iTunes, I want to encourage you to please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think of the show. So, And also, I want to announce my special new book. I love this book. I just wrote it. Well, I've been writing it for the last couple, three years. Just came out with it. It's about an inch thick. I'm blown away. My last book, you've heard me talk about it. Here it is. Wholesaling Lease Options. I worked really hard on this thing, and it's only a quarter of an inch thick. I was super disappointed. This one's an inch thick and it's called REI Secrets. And the way I designed this book, guys, is that um, each chapter is about two or three pages long. And uh, it's just kind of like a um, daily reading of daily nuggets of real estate investing wisdom that will help you get more leads and close more deals. So you can get this, join the waiting list right now at reisecrets.com or maybe when you're listening to this later, you can get it. It'll be free. Just pay shipping and handling and I'll send it out to you. Okay, Max, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing real good. I, I'm excited about getting you on the show. Uh, I've been watching you for almost two years now, and yeah. uh, you've exploded out of nowhere. I mean, it was just, I remember, it was, I, I watched one of your first videos shortly after you came out with it because you created a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. You said, hey, I'm going to document my process of how to create a million, was it 100000 a month or a million dollar a year? Yeah, 100000 a month. That was my goal. And I remember thinking, what is this guy doing? I hope he <laughs> makes it, but I hope I, I hope he makes it. And uh, sure enough, you did, man. And you've built a huge following. You're, I, I sometimes refer to you as the Gary Vaynerchuk of real estate. That's my and, guy, uh, Gary. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you in a video with him once too. And um, But I really respect you, man. I mean, like what you've done and how you've helped so many people, the way that you, that you teach and that you share, there's nobody else doing it like you are. And you're just, uh, you're, you're a beacon of, of bright light in the uh, real estate space. And I'm glad to call you a friend and glad you're on my show, man. Thank you for being Thank here. You, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's been, it's been a while. I should have been on here a long time ago. Come on, oh, man. It's, it's so, it's so busy sometimes running I all know. this, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff that happens, but it's a lot that goes on. Max, Will you just give us a quick background of your story? Uh, you got a really cool story, but will you share with everybody who's not heard it, kind of where you came from? Where, where were you doing before you got into real estate? Yeah, you know, I was in the marketing world. I was in experiential marketing and um, I was on the road probably 240 days out of the year. And wow. I, I just wasn't satisfied with that. With, with I mean, the job was fun. I mean, I went to the biggest and best concerts and biggest and best shows and, um, you know, I negotiated bunch of deals for you know uh, corporate stuff, but something left me unsatisfied, and I wanted to go out and create a, uh, a new company that solved a problem inside of that experiential marketing world. Um, needless to say, it was an app. Um, we got most of the app done, uh, and we hit a we hit a paywall. We didn't have enough money to to finish. So at that time, I, I moved back home while I was working on the app, and then. How old were you at this time? 
I was about 29, 30. Okay. Yes, this was a few years ago. Um, about, and how old are you now then? I'm 34. Cool. Good for you. So, you know, um, so I, I tried the app thing. It didn't work. And, and I was paying rent with credit cards. I was doing everything I can to try to get this, get this app off the ground. And, and boom, it didn't work. So here I am, rock bottom, left a decent job. Now I'm back home and I'm like, well, I can't pay my rent. My lease is up. Guess what? I got to leave. So I had to move back in with my mom. And, um, you know, that, that's a humbling experience to do that at 30 years old after you've been away since 17. So I joined the military at 17 years old. So I haven't been home since then. You know, I've been just a free bird running around doing my own thing. And to have to do that at 30 years old was, you know, pretty crazy. So here I am broke. I don't have much. And, um, you know, I wanted, I had a real estate background before where I was a real estate agent after I got out of active duty when I was 21. And so I knew a little bit about real estate. I knew it from the side of being an agent and it, it, you know, so I wanted to get myself back into real estate, but I wanted to be an investor. But here goes the problem. I didn't have any money. And all I knew was you needed money to buy rental properties. You want to get rental properties, create passive income. Then you can have, you know, wealth down the road and you can retire well. Well, snooping yeah. around on the Internet and um, uh, an old friend, his, his dad is a real estate guy here locally. He gives us a speech about, you know, real estate investing and how he acquired properties. And he mentioned the word wholesaling. I went home and I just started diving deep into everything I could find wholesaling. I found everybody possible. And I just started listening to podcasts every single day for about three weeks straight. I mean, all I did, I stayed home. I didn't do anything. I didn't have money to do anything. And I just engulfed myself. And the first thing I do, I remember it was September 11th, 2016 is the hmm. first day I got out of the house and I went driving for dollars. Wow. And, and um, my, I got my first contract September 28th, 2016. And um, so it's like, wait, 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 this is 14. This is two weeks later. Yeah. It took me three weeks of studying hard, right? I got, I got obsessed with the topic. Okay. And uh, September 11th, I started driving around neighborhoods. I actually went back to an old neighborhood I lived in on the same street I grew up on. And bam, there was a house that was grown up, grass tall, bushes tall. It looked vacant. And, you know, I skipped. So you you didn't have deal machine. No, it right? wasn't invented yet. <laughs> I didn't, none of that so, stuff. You know how we used to drive for dollars back in the days. You would have Apple Maps open, and mm-hmm. you would have Redfin open, and you would tap on the house on Redfin. You would screenshot it, and then you would go home and type all these things in later. And that was just a short three years ago. So we've came very far, very quickly. I interviewed a kid um, on my podcast once. He was eighteen years old. And um, he's a son of a successful real estate investor, but his dad didn't give him anything. He just like told him to read these books. And this is what this kid started doing. Um, he wanted to do deals. So he started driving for dollars and uh, with no money, right? In between like from in between wrestling practice and high school or whatever, right? And he would work. He, was a, uh, uh, he would bag groceries at the grocery store. And uh, he started going around looking for vacant houses and just going to Google searching for that person's phone number, calling them from his cell phone. And then in between, while he was driving for dollars, he would get bandit signs and uh, start putting them in. And he would put his cell phone number on the bandit signs. I mean, the kid didn't know any better, right? And sure enough, within like, and this was in a very competitive South Florida market. Uh Um, And within a couple months, did like 50 something thousand dollars. And this wasn't like 20 years ago. This was just like a year ago when the market is competitive, right? Yeah. 
just getting out there and not making excuses, but making it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So I love hearing the stories like yours then. I love that uh, word competitive because it really, it's really a, the competitive is that word is means whatever it means to the person saying it. I think everybody has a different uh, definition for that when it comes to this business. It's I, I look at competition as potential partners. I partner with people all the time on deals, yeah. not like forming partnerships out of business, but on a deal by deal basis. We're looking at a deal that we're wholesaling in Tampa right now. And, um, you know, I could put in the work and trying to find the buyer, trying to find the lender, trying to find the, the title company and all of that. But I just called up some friends that I know do wholesaling in Tampa. And I said, Hey, listen, I got a potential deal. You want to partner with me on it? You know how much time I'm splitting the profit, right? But you know how much time we're saving by just doing that? Anyway, good. So you started driving for dollars, did mm-hmm. your first deal. How much did you make on that deal? Do you remember? $14,000. I remember exactly. 114 Flintfield Drive. <laughs> Very good. Good for you, man. <laughs> and so uh, that was three years ago. And what did you start doing after that? Um, two weeks later, I found my second deal. I was on Craigslist. Round guy said he wanted to sell his house and he wanted $10,000 for it. I was like, a house for $10,000? And um, I drove out there, met him. Well, actually, I tried to negotiate with him and I said, let me get nine. And I was, and he was like, oh, no, well, I'll call you back. And I, as soon as he hung up, I said, I'm stupid. I picked up the phone. I called him back. I said, look, I'll do 10. We did 10 and I sold it for um, 17. Was he a wholesaler himself or did he actually no. own the house? Yeah. So he bought a house, thought he was going to fix it up. He lived in it for five years with his uh, wife, fiance, whatever it was. And they just never fixed it up. So they had bought a new trailer away from the property somewhere else and they needed the money just to maybe pay it off or buy some furniture or whatever it was. He just never renovated the home. He bought something that needed renovation and he never did it himself. So it was just passing on his, uh, his personal problem. Nice. There are so many deals out there. So, so many. many deals. People, I don't know why people get freaked out and, 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 and worry about the competition. And Okay. So that, and, and keep in mind, guys, listening to this, Max was getting started three years ago. Yeah. People, you think that the market is competitive now. It's always competitive, right? Yeah. I remember back three years. I've been in this now 10 years, right? But I remember people back 10 years ago complaining about the competition. I remember people complaining when the market was tanking at the very bottom. People were complaining about the competition. They're always going to have something to complain about. Not enough sellers, not enough buyers, not enough money, not enough deals. You got to be above that. Cool. Absolutely. All right. So then uh, you did a couple deals after that. And then- did you start, uh, what, fast forward to when you did that first video on YouTube, Max. That um, was actually a few weeks after my second deal. It was yeah. a few weeks. At, you're kidding me. That soon? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I recorded it in the mall parking lot. And I, I think, well, let me say, it was probably a few months. Sorry. It was a few months after. And I was consistently getting one, two, three deals a month. And I felt like personally I was hitting that plateau. I know it sounds crazy, but I went from broke to making, you know, anywhere from 10 to $20,000 a month. And I'm like, but I was like this, I got, I got to get more. And, um, I took that time and, and, um, recorded a video in the mall parking lot in a car. And I said, I'm going to document my process on how I'm going to turn this into a hundred thousand dollar month business. And I wasn't thinking to be a YouTube star or anything like that. I was thinking simply to document it so I can show it to my friends so that when we go out, they can critique me and stuff like that and keep me accountable. That was it. Wow. Um, 
And from there, it just kind of, it blew up. And about six or seven videos in, I had one go viral, um, how I bought a piece of land for 250 bucks. And then mm-hmm. the questions and everything started coming in. And I was like, wait, people are so interested in this, but nobody is just talking about it openly and freely. It's behind a paywall. So I said, mm-hmm. let's just keep going. Nice. Yeah, you were one of the first guys, you know, there's been podcasts and YouTube videos for a long mm-hmm. time, but I think you were one of the first guys, Max, that really kind of just pulled back the curtain and said, here it is. This is the this is the bare bones essentials. It's There's no secret magic pill. It's just hard yeah. work. Exactly. Um, what made you decide then to go, you know, you're doing deals. Well, before I go into that, uh, talk about what your business looks like now. Uh, you've been, you know, you got a full-time operation. You got a lot of people working for you. Mm-hmm. What does what your business look like today? Yeah, so it's it's kind of the same what it was, except for we scaled. So we're doing more deals. Obviously, we're consistently hitting. You know, lately, uh, we're growing. So I've actually, uh, I haven't been hitting, I haven't hit 10 plus deals in about two, two almost three months now. Now, just being completely honest. And that's because we're growing. Um, we have a new 7,000 square foot office that we're building out now. Mm. And I'm shifting my focus again on real estate, same wholesaling, um, just doing something a little different. And with bringing on more people, this new office is going to hold 75 people. So we're just shifting. We're doing training. A lot of my salespeople now are now training, are now learning to do something a little different. I haven't really let the cat out of the bag exactly what I'm doing, but we, we got an office in a high rise, 7,000 square feet. and We'll look to be open around November 15th. I love seeing that, man. I love that. That's one of the things that I wrestle with too a lot. I mean, I've been, I started doing real estate full-time in 2009. Mm-hmm. And then I started traveling um, because people started asking me to teach how to do this stuff with lease options that we do. And I got to a point where, man, I really love teaching. And I was even doing some done-for-you marketing services at the time. And I, and I was starting mm-hmm. to do some coaching. And I, I really had a passion for that. Lo- having, uh, having the opportunity to teach and make a difference in somebody else's life. I imagine you're kind of the same, maybe where do you, do you get more excitement and thrill out of seeing a student do their first five ten thousand dollar deal than doing your own twenty thirty thousand dollar deal? Absolutely. I think oh, now yeah. at our level, we just do consistently what we do good. Those checks are going to come in. But I think what's cool is when you see people's story on how I just did, I just did my first deal. Here goes my eighteen thousand dollar check. I only used to make eighteen thousand a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people realizing the power within themselves is one of the most gratifying things it is. And, and, and meeting people in person. And when I travel, people approach me and say, man, you have no idea what you've done for me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I didn't do it for you. You did it for yourself. I just showed you it was possible. It's just it's a gratifying thing. I, there's not a time I travel that I don't run, bump into somebody and they're just so happy. And, you know, I have that Facebook group. It's got like 90 5,000, 92,000 people in there. Every day there's somebody in there changing their family mm-hmm. tree. And that's just posting a check and saying, I did it. And that's why I like to say you're one deal away because what happens is when you get that first deal, no matter what the size is, it could be $2,000, $20,000. That shows you that what you've learned and completed is real. And now it's up to you to repeat it and scale it. Mm. Yeah, that's something so fulfilling just getting the ability to help other people do it. And Absolutely. not everybody understands that. You know, people think, why don't you just do your own deals? But 
I can see where you're going because you're starting to grow. Your business is starting to grow. You're starting to hire a lot of people. You're starting to take on a lot of overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of opportunities are probably coming your way. And you're even buying a horse farms now. I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> but, I, love, I, I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I wanted to ask you, like, what, what made you decide? You're, you're starting to do deals. How long did it take you to break through that 100K a month wholesaling profits? Um, it was, I remember, it was December of I think it was November of 2000 or December of 2017 I believe was December yeah it was the first month that we hit a hundred thousand dollars and it was like it happened so it was about what a year and a half after you started it was about a year a year after we started um because I started September and and about October November November, December, we got, we got the hundred thousand and it was just like, and it was, and it barely made it. It was like 104, you know? And I remember I was in LA, Francis was here. He called me, I was in Runyon Canyon and he was like, we just sold the deal for 17. I was like, oh my God, that puts us right at where we need to be. (laughs) So it's, it's just amazing. I just, and then, you know, we've, we've hit it consistently for a long time here. Uh, recently, we've started to, to pull back a little bit on kind of our, our mm-hmm. strategies of marketing, what we're doing. But anytime you're growing, you're going to go through a little lull first. And, um, you know, I still love this business. I, there's nothing you can't. You, I just it's amazing, man. You know how amazing it is. It is the um, now. You, well, we can talk about that later. I, I, but I, I when did you decide, Max, to um, get the go more of the Gary Vaynerchuk route of getting somebody to follow you with a camera, documenting your business. Um, mm. Was that just something that flowed naturally from what you were doing? Or did you decide, you know what, I want to do, I want to do that. I want to, I want to be able, this is how I'm going to impact and influence people. Was that, you know, did you fall into that by accident or did it just happen? You know, um, at first it was unintentional. I love watching Gary V and about video number seven or eight, I went to Best Buy to buy a battery my camera and I jump into the, I uh, run into this guy named J-Rock. Well, his name is Juwan. And I said, Hey, do you know who Gary V is? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, do you want to be J-Rock? I'm sorry, D-Rock, which is J-Rock's, uh, Gary V's photographer, videographer. He's like, yeah. And I was like, so I hired him there and, uh, he was part-timing between Best Buy and with me because the, the camera holding the camera and actually doing the business got to be too much. And I was like, you know, if I want to keep this up, I said, hey, look, let's just go part time for a month. Let's see how it goes. And um, if if you like me and I like you and this works, let's just keep going. So here we are. You know, he's still with me. He's been with me for a long time. I think this this coming February is going to be two years with me. Talk about Instagram then. Mm -hmm. Um, So you were kind of doing was it a, a YouTube and Instagram at the same time, or did you yeah. go to YouTube first and then say, you know, we, we want to, I want to figure this Instagram thing out. I, I, um, I always had it Instagram. Um, and then I started becoming more intentional with going live and I would go live every single, like three days a week. And okay. I would go until the, the timer ran out with Instagram. And it was cool because I think it's the most intimate way to, to, to talk with somebody because it's, it's just one-on-one it's, it's me and them and they ask questions and I answer. And then, you know, I started, I said, well, this is cool. And I said, well, maybe if I meet them in person, can I do it if I meet them in person? And that's when I was in Maryland one day for a meeting. And um, I ended up doing my first meetup um, in 2018, pop-up. I call it pop-up, real estate pop-ups. 
And essentially, I, I go to a city and I say, hey, look, I'm here. Meet me here at this certain time. And uh, we've been doing that. And it's just been those are fun, too. Right. They're, they're just that's, free events. That's crazy. And, 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 and nobody pays you to be there. No, it costs me money. Right. So like first class tickets and then whatever venue I'm at, if I'm if I'm somewhere, it's just it's a cost for me. You know, this year I've traveled over two hundred and fifty thousand miles just flying across the country. But it's it's cool because you get to meet these people you see on Facebook all the time. Mm-hmm. And it gives you good B-roll footage. Yeah, it gives you great. So now when you're going yeah. out, you get to record it. And the people that didn't get to uh, watch it, they get to come back and watch it uh, as if they were there. So it's just I, this stuff. Now it's intentional, right? I have four people on my staff that just deal with my content, wow. my day-to-day business um, on just the brand side. I have a 5,000 square foot studio. You're sitting in like one of my rooms now. And um, we, we purposely put out content, but you know, I still like to go out and do real estate every single day. So somebody's always following me with a camera and um, you know, I'm used to it now. Definitely used to it. I was watching a video you're doing today. One of the 30 that you have about your Uber driver recognizing you. And uh, <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw this guy. Somebody was filming from the front, looking to the back, and you had this camera guy next to you. Was that David, by the way? Yeah. So yeah, okay. uh, David and J Rock or David yes. and Matt usually travel with me. Two All guys. Right. So you get used to that. Yeah, just, there's a camera in my face all day long from the time I get to the office between 8, 30, 9 o'clock um, until 6 o'clock. And they're just, just, it's just their job. And then they know what to chop up and, and put out. And then sometimes we do produce videos when I want to cover a topic about you know, you know, uh, money or, or anything like that or breaking down a deal. So we, we're kind of in, 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 very intentional with stuff now. And you're not married yet, are you? No. Okay, because I, mean, I don't think your wife would allow that. But I'm yeah, just saying. Every, you know, I, I think about settling down uh, one of these days, but I still have another empire to build. So I'm going to wait till I get married for a little while. Yeah, I thought about that. My wife would just kill me. Got any good books that you're reading right now, Max? You know, lately I haven't been. Um, I've been so disconnected because I wake up, I work, and I go and, and it's sleep. Um, I haven't had the time. Uh, what I've enjoyed here lately is no music and just listen to the tires on the road when I am in the mm. car. I've been um, doing that a lot myself as well. Yeah, I'm dyslexic, Thank so I don't really read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of books, um, and I just haven't had the time to really uh, listen to a lot of books. But I, everything that the, everybody talks about, you know, like Never Split the Difference, my first book cover to cover was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. There's a lot of – I'm reading uh, – before I, I, before I stopped here recently, I was reading a lot of team building and, uh, you know, how to build a large, larger business – with morale, you know, that's, I, I oh. think finding people are is fairly easy, but keeping the morale up, I think is something a lot of people have problems with. So I've been trying to educate myself on that as well. Excellent. Um, well, I was going to talk about thinking here. Um, that's something that I've been trying to do a lot more of just taking walks without the AirPods, just mm-hmm. t- thinking. And, uh, cause I, when I was working my corporate job, I used to do a lot of that when I would get stuck or stressed or like frustrated, I would just get up and walk around the building and every time I did that, something would just come up in my mind. Like, oh, I should try that. Or I should call this person, maybe get some help with that. And uh, I forgot to do that when I started working for myself. <clears throat> Super important just to spend some time every day thinking. Absolutely. The brain is a powerful thing. And I think you just have to let it run sometimes to, to get yourself uh, in, in the right you know, mindset. Sometimes you can work through a lot of your problems in your own head and, and go out and just execute. 
Good. Okay. Um, how about podcasts? Are you listening to any podcasts when you do listen to them? Yeah. Still you know, today? I, um, I've been, I've been skipping around on podcasts a lot lately, um, in and out. Um, some, some of the, the, the classic ones are still there. You got your podcast, you got wholesale link. Sean Terry's putting out some videos and YouTube stuff as well. I try to keep it simple. I try to stay up to date because I don't know everything and I want to know everything. Right. So as this isn't, she changes so much, you want to be up to what everybody else is doing and stuff like that. You want to know something crazy. I I've almost every major thing that I've kind of become known for maybe uh, when it comes to sayings that I have or, or, or things that I do or things that I teach, I learned from networking, right? Mm-hmm. I learned from other students. I learned from going to events and just listening to what other people were talking about. I've learned a lot from realtors as well. Like, you know, realtors have been cold calling for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember this was before Brent Daniels was doing TTP. Uh, and, and Brent's an awesome guy. I love what Tom Kroll and Wholesaling Inc. and Cody, what all they're doing. But um, before, before they even came out with TTP, um, I was talking to students that were realtors that were doing really, really well with just plain old boring cold calling. And um, there's other things to do with um, why well, I can't, you know, Podio for an example, was something that uh, it was a student of mine who, I don't know if you know this or not, a student of mine who was doing deals from Beirut, Lebanon, the country of Lebanon in Oklahoma City. And I was coaching him and we were talking, we were, we were going to partner on some deals. Nobody was, nobody had even heard of Podio. And uh, he's mentioned to me, his name is Yassine. Uh, he mentioned to me, he said, hey, we should look at this podium. I said, ah, no, let's just do Trello because we were trying to manage all these leads or something. Yeah. I said, let's just do, let's just do Trello. I said, no, no, you got to look at it. So he showed me Podio and I thought, oh, this is really cool. You know, you can drag and drop. Now, <laughs> Podio hasn't been updated since then either. This was probably 2012. This was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just, anyway. So I sit down with Sean Terry at uh, a Collective Genius Mastermind and I said, Sean, you got to see this thing. You got to see this. Thing. It's so cool. And so I showed him Podio. And then for the next two hours, him and I are just sitting at our computers, building workspaces and building apps and stuff like that. And he had just spent a bunch of money white labeling a big software and um, stopped that and started going, pushing Podio. And then I showed Cody Sperber. And then I showed a bunch of other people in, in the Collective Genius. And it just kind of exploded and really grew from there. And there was a time when I was known as the Podio Joe as I deeper, I started going into it. I was like, I, I just don't want anything to do with this. So I pulled out. But here's my point. You, you, when you network, this is why networking is so important. You, you start learning what, what's working for other people. And you start thinking, oh, how could I implement that in, that in my business? And how can I start teaching my audience now about all that stuff? Absolutely. And networking, and that's why traveling is important. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of off-screen meetings that I have that a lot of people don't know about. And, that, and that's just networking. I want to when I go to a city, I want to I want to sit down with the top dogs. And I want to just have a conversation with them. Which is another reason why I love doing podcasts. You get to talk to people that are really doing deals and learn from them. It's like getting free coaching. Yeah, because um, I I learn when I like when I do my events, when mm-hmm. I do when I do we live, I learn from when people are talking and 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 I love doing my pop ups because people ask questions and I'm like, well, well, how did you solve that problem? And boom, there goes another idea. That's awesome. Okay. What does your dispositions manager do? How do you find one? Uh, my disposition manager sells the deals once they hit, uh, once we get them on their contract, they sell our contracts to our, um, you can find one. Uh, it's, it's not, a, they don't have to be a, a great salesperson. 
they have to be a well-organized um, and consistent person. So you don't need to go out and necessarily find a salesperson to do your dispositions. Do you ever or know investors that buy houses out in the country, rural areas? I, I can't say that I know somebody that consistently buys in rural areas. I've had one or two. You know, I, re I recently just bought a farm myself, um, you know, something that came across my desk and, and, and did that. I don't, I, I'm sure there is somebody out there. Well, th there's somebody in your neck of the woods. You've heard of Larry Goins? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he, he's in the Charlotte area and he's intentionally ignored the Charlotte MSA and goes all of the counties surrounding him and is doing really, really well. He yeah. gets probably two to three times the response rate on his direct mail. Absolutely. Just doing straight up direct mail, not even doing cold calling. Not saturated. So much less competition. People in small towns are friendlier. They're more willing to negotiate. He does all of his deals over the phone, and he uses a mobile notary to yep. send to the seller's house to get the contracts signed. Yeah, it's really good. And a lot of the deals, we're, we're doing some deals in, uh, in, in Birmingham, Alabama right now and some in Georgia, mm -hmm. and uh, all virtual, doing them over the phone. And you'll, I think a lot of people will be surprised how easy it is to do deals in small towns. Very easy. How often do you go for a price reduction on the seller? Do you do it even if you're making money on the assignment? Let me it's provide some context to this. I think some people teach that you should always go back and renegotiate a lower price right before you close every deal. What's your philosophy on that? No, um, if, you need a if you need a reduction, get it. It, it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, just being greedy and going back for more. No, I, I wouldn't just do that. You know, that's, it's not a bad practice. I've, I've talked about this before. I think people have take it to take it real literal where I said, yeah, go back and ask for a reduction. It doesn't have to be on every single property. If you're making money and everybody's eating, don't be a greedy because, you know, pigs get fed and hog, hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. By the way, speaking of, um, we, we flipped some land as well, right? And there's a saying in the land flipping business, um, there's a pig for every barn. Have you heard of that one? I haven't heard that one. No, that's a good, that's another one. Uh, how do you handle the low times when you first got started? Mindset. You know, I, I've always had my eye on the bigger prize, right? Um, and you got to consistently, you know, when you get into this real estate investing world, there's not a lot of people in your immediate area that are doing this. So you need to, and that's why I spend a lot of times on podcasts and listening to those things because it kept reminding me that it was possible and that I was the only a period of time that I was going through. But if you're listening to other people that doubt you and knew what was, you know, you're, 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 what are you up to now type of people, you know, stay away from those people and really just invest in yourself and, and try to be around more like-minded people. And you won't, you'll get out of those lows quickly. Yeah, that's totally good advice. Listening to podcasts, interviews of people doing deals. Yeah, it keeps you Excellent. motivated. What's going on right now with ringless voicemail, text blasting, cold calling, do not call list, bandit signs? Like, where? what's your philosophy, Max? Kind of where you draw the line of, yeah, I can do that. I don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one thing I do, I don't, I don't do blast text. We do TCPA compliant text messaging. So uh, we created a software over a year ago called REI Rail, and that's where we do ringless voicemails. Inside of that software, we also created TCPA compliant text messaging. So that it is one, one, every time you press a button, it yeah. goes out to one person. And that keeps it compliant for now. If they change the laws, we'll do it. Um, RVMs and text messaging and cold calling are the three main things that, that run my business. Um, they're very cheap. They're easy to do. And they're easy to track. 
So yeah, I, I love those three things. Are you and doing I, any direct mail right now? Yeah, actually I am. So my business runs on a conveyor belt. So what happens is I start with my cheapest method of marketing when I gather a list and that could be RVM and then we move them into text messaging. So we do, we'll do about three different RVMs, three different total different messages. We'll do about three or four different text messages. And every time we move from a different marketing style, the list gets smaller because we take the responses out and then rehash the list and then go to the next one and next one. So at the end, all the way at the end, the list should be much smaller. So if you start with 10,000 and you've got no's, yeses, maybes, leave me alone, all that stuff, you should get all the way to the end where you've got zero response. And you're going to take that list and you're going to check it against the non-deliverables, right? So I use um, yellow letter HQ. You have the not, they'll, they'll tell you what, what will not be delivered, right? Yeah. So you separate <clears throat> those, then you send the letters to the ones that you know will get the mail. What and kind of letters do you like to send? I send one simple postcard, the same postcard every single time. Nice. Simple. I don't change it up. I don't, all that stuff that when I first got in this business, you need seven different types of postcards. It needs to be handwritten font. It needs to be this and that. Nope. Just consistent. All that, all that boils down to, which I'm not saying they were wrong or right, but it's really just came down to consistency in, in your marketing. That's all it was. Good. What new software are you working on? I don't know if it's a uh, new software. We're relaunching uh, REI Skip next week, which is uh, the Skip Tracing company we created almost two years ago now. Um, Good. And uh, long story, we just bought into a b- very big private data company. And then um, we're, we're launching, REI Rail is launching its text messaging platform, uh, I believe in a couple of weeks as well too. Good for But you. any new software? No, I'm not really working on anything new. Just kind of focusing on my new big 7,000 square foot office. <laughs> Let's talk about software for a second. How do you do it? Like, are you just, you have people on your team that are kind of creating it, managing it for you. Um, You know, I know, well, yeah. How do you do it? Yeah. So I have people that are way smarter than me. Um, Two guys, uh, Justin and Vincent, they are two guys uh, in, in, uh, one's in DC, one's in Jersey. These guys, uh, Justin is a world-class programmer and developer. Vincent comes from Wall Street. These two guys, we all come together. We have the, the trio right there. Um, I can, I can, uh, I can use, we, we create products out of our own demand. So like before we was doing RVMs, what, here, let me do a simple of what, why we created REI rail. Everybody knows what RVMs are. It's nothing special. It's nothing new. They've been doing it for a long time. But what happened is prior to we creating our own software, what happens is we would blast out 10,000 ringless voicemails and then your phone start ringing. Well, when you pick up the phone, you have no idea who called you back on what property. Right. So it, it, it didn't allow us to break down the barrier of that trust barrier when you're calling mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. And if, if you call me, right. So say, let's just say I, I, I drop a voicemail to Joe. Joe listens to the voicemail. I say, I'm interested in your house. If you want to cash off or call me back, Joe calls my office back. I answer the phone. They say, well, yeah, you just call me uh, about my house. And you're scrambling now because your voicemail was meant to be organic and original. You're like, well, Joe, what, what house? Well, Joe's like, well, didn't you just call me? That sounds like a scam. <laughs> so now you have this whole nother barrier that you don't need when you're cold calling somebody against you. So what happened is we created technology that when Joe calls back, his entire profile pops up right before the phone rings. It's going to say Joe McCall. It's going to say where he went to college at, what his current job is, what house we called him on. So when Joe picks up the phone, I say, hey, Joe, this is Max. Um, you called me back about that property on 123 Main Street. He was like, yeah. Now we just have a totally different type of conversation. 
And we invented this deep trace technology, which is not a skip trace. It's basically we pull all the information from anybody online. We gather it from all 5,000 sources and we put it in one screen in front of you. And now I can say, hey, Joe, didn't you go to this school? Or, you know, Joe, oh, yeah, I was watching the Ohio State game. Whatever. I don't know what, what school you went mm-hmm. to, but he was, oh, yeah, I love Ohio State. Well, yeah, I knew that because it was in your bio that you went to that school. So more than likely, you wow. are going to like it. So we that's created cool. that technology so that we can have a smarter conversation with the seller. And that's what REI Rail has been doing for over a year. And, and now that, you know, we've been working on our text messaging platform for about six months out of that, then we're finally ready to, to launch that out soon. Good for you. So you've got two guys to help you do that. Yeah, I mean, and then we have another team team behind that, right? So you got to have customer service for your customers, right? And so we have we have a lot of customers on REI Rail, so we have a full customer service team as well, too. It's a lot. It's a lot, Joe. That's amazing. No wonder you need a big office. The re- well, that's that's a complete separate office. <laughs> okay. Have you thought about just white labeling software so you don't have to be the guy creating it and and supporting it and maintaining it and all that? Yeah, I mean, I really never wanted to go the white label route, not knocking anybody that does, but I'm building products to solve a problem. And if the problem's already solved, I'm not going to build it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to build something that somebody already has. The industry already has it. Till this day, still nobody has the technology that REI Rail has. And some people see it beneficial and some people don't. Okay. Very good. Truly. By the way, these big events that you do, Max. Mm-hmm. Why do you do them? I mean, like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I don't know behind the scenes what exactly is going on, but I don't think you're doing it for the money. Am I right? No, I, on, on my last event, I lost $250,000. <laughs> I don't know if people know that. Do you, is that something you talk about on your show and on and Instagram? I, and said stuff? It on, I said it on stage, but, you know, it's cool. You know, the, uh, you know, some of it was our fault, but, you know, it's, it's, it's big to put on these events. But what I like about it, I don't really say I lost. I invested two hundred fifty thousand. What I like about doing these events is it's it's a huge family reunion. You get to network for two solid days with like-minded people, and I think alone, uh, in in just having that with all the people, you know, people that don't need to learn wholesaling come to these things for the networking. And I think I'd pay a quarter million dollars for that again this year if I had to. Good for you. And when will your next one be? Do you have the dates yet? Yeah, it's in February. Uh, you can go to. Um, wholesalingelitelive.com. It's uh, Fe- February 2020. I think it's the 6th through the 8th in Atlanta. It's going to be fun. It's like a big family reunion. We have so much fun there. That's what We Live stands for. Yeah, Wholesaling Elite wholesaling Live. Elite. Yeah. I didn't connect that until just We now. Live. <laughs> One more question, Max. Is that cool? Yeah. What do you want to accomplish in the next five to 10 years? So by my 40th birthday, I want to exit out of a company for a quarter billion dollars. That's uh, a very headset thing. Um, and then I'm going to take uh, six months off, and then I'm going to come back and do something else again in the same field. Right on. Real quick, talk about your horse farm. What, yes, uh, what's, your, what's your five to 10-month goal with the horse farm? Um, I, I really just bought a horse farm. So anybody knows I'm really into Western sports. I'm also an agent in uh, professional bull riding, so the PBR that's on really? CBS Sports. Yeah, I have, two, uh, I have three guys. Um, wow. Wow. Um, one of my guys, Ezekiel Mitchell, he is the rookie of the year so far, and he's ranked 11th in the world. I found him on a YouTube video and went to go meet him over a year ago in Houston and decided that I wanted to invest into his career. And no uh, way. he's rookie of the year, 11th in the world. 
Um, but yeah, so I'm into Western sports. I love that side. I never thought that, you know, I'd, I'd be into rodeos and stuff like that. But here I am. I'm into rodeos. I love it. Good for and, you. Uh, man, I went awesome. out and bought a horse farm. Um, I wanted to give my nieces and nephews, I don't have any kids. I want to give my nieces and nephew the opportunity to be able to do something different. Um, so I bought the horse farm. We're out there restoring barns. Matter of fact, when I get off of here, I'm heading back there and uh, we're going to put down some. I actually work. I, I do some work. I got my I cowboy horse on right yeah. now. I'm laying some rubber mats in the horse stalls um, and um, horses. Uh, my first horse, JJ, which I bought a few weeks ago, will be coming to the stalls on Thursday. You know, Ty Lopez just bought a farm. Was that an inspiration to you at all to do the same? You know, I, I've never consumed his content. I know who he is, but I, I, I've never consumed his content before. <laughs> all right. That's cool. Max, um, you're everywhere. Where do you like to send people to go to to get more information about you? Um, what's your favorite channel? Um, find me on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, you can type in Max Maxwell on YouTube or um, on Instagram, The Real Maxwell. Just give me a follow and kind of you know, everything else is from there. And you just kind of, I just, at this point, I'm just documenting my life, right? You're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. You also got a big Facebook group, Wholesaling yeah. Houses Elite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you manage that. Do you have somebody that helps you manage that? I've kind four of people. Monitor it. it's, 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 a, it's a very intensive job to, to monitor 95,000 people. Hmm. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just, yeah. It's I have 11, I have 11,000 and um, I'm never in there. I just can't, can't do it. Yeah. I have a, a, I have a premium one for students that have bought my mm-hmm. stuff and uh, I'm in there every day, but okay, cool. So again, go to YouTube, do the search for the, uh, the real Max Maxwell on IG mm-hmm. and uh, your YouTube channel is just called Max Maxwell, isn't it? Yeah. Just search my name in YouTube and I'll pop up and, if you're on if you're on Instagram, do the same thing, Max Maxwell. I'll come up as well. And I'd love to connect with everybody, man. Excellent. Thanks for being on the show, Max. Really, really appreciate it. The pleasure and, uh, of coming. And we'll do reverse roles. I'll have you on mine coming next. Okay. Come on, man. Come on. All right. Appreciate that. Everybody, thank you for being on the podcast and sharing with us your comments, your questions. And uh, this has been fun. Hope to do I'd, I'd like to have you on a part two sometime down the road. Max. Absolutely. We'll talk about that. Best of luck to you, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. We'll see you guys all later. Listen, if you want the show notes, uh, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com or reimpodcast.com. You can get the show notes, the transcriptions. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.